this is James Rolfe, and you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And from the DJSessions.com, which is an online and downloadable series featuring live mixes and interviews with hottest DJs around the world. I cannot wait to hear more about that. Uh, the DJ world is not something I'm super familiar with, so I'm anxious to learn about it. We welcome executive producer Darren Bruce to the show. Darren, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This is going to be a fun show, very music-oriented. <laughs> um, and I think, Jack, you know, you you said something before we started recording about we may have touched on this before, but not quite, quite like we're going to today. We're going to talk about soundtracks. And the Retro Roundtable, which, boy, this is just one of my all-time favorite things, especially in the 90s. I miss 90s. <laughs> I don't know. I miss everything 90s. Who am I for? I'm not, <laughs> soundtracks aren't special. We miss everything that isn't 2020 right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I spent a lot of time in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we're going to turn our full attention over to Darren and talk more about the DJSessions.com. But before we do all that... Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you like what we're doing, want to throw a little cheddar our way to help the show out and get extra content for your sacrifice and pens and nightlights, depending on what uh, tier <laughs> tier you uh, decide to buy in at. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, the Candare Patreon pod posts once a month and you get that uh, for $5 a month. Uh, close to 40 episodes on there. The one we just posted was uh, me and my uh, friend Ryan we recorded. Loved the way it turned out. It started with us unboxing some uh, turtle NECA toys, ended up talking about Seinfeld, and then a deep conversation about whether or not we'd have enough self-confidence to put on or be a part of a camouflage wedding at a Walmart. So, a lot of interesting Uh-oh. conversation in that one. I strongly recommend it. That's the kind of content you're going to get at the Patreon. That's how your Canned Air boys do. Patreon.com forward slash Canned Air Pod. That's where all those goodies are at. And if uh, anyone out there is seeking professional representation, well, we've got the guy for you. Yes, Mr. Steve Joyner. I guess it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Podcasting, acting, voice acting, whatever. Comics. Comics, yeah. yeah. No matter what. You need that uh, professional touch. Steve's going to give it to you. Again, that's Steve Joyner, 816-605-4561. One more time, 816-605-4561. Gentlemen, what am I forgetting? Do you like winning prizes, Jack? I love to win prizes. I like winning prizes, too. You know, what if somebody could actually play along with us every Tuesday from... 9 o'clock on on our Facebook page potentially win some stuff. Get out of here. Could they? They could. Whoa. Did you guys work this shit out? <laughs> no, we <laughs> didn't. No, we're just pulling out of the ass. Flying on the seat of my pants right now. <laughs> but yeah, check us out on Facebook every uh, Tuesday night from 9 on, and Jack and I play some Jackbox, potentially win some stuff, watch me make a fool of myself, you know, normal shit. I think it's me making a fool of myself with my uh, producing errors that I did. Yeah, hey, but shit happens, I man. Oh, okay. Shit happens with that, but somebody forgets what the Daily Bugle is. He gets badgered. That wasn't it. a production error. That's fucking common sense, son. You're supposed to know what the Daily Bugle is if you're on a comics podcast. Ah, and with that, let's kick off this week's Retro Roundtable. <laughs> 
And away we go! I'll be back. Shut up! Shut up! You keep Shut bringing up. the shit up, man. You keep bringing it up. You keep bringing it up. All right. Soundtracks. Who's going to kick us off? Randy, you weren't here last week. Uh, kick us off, sir. So basically, um, growing up, huge 80s fan, thanks to my dad, always a huge Queen fan. Oh, I know what he's going to say. <laughs> I'm actually going to no. go with... No, it's something different. I know it is. I'm going to go with Highlander. Yes, that's the one I thought oh, it was. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Flash Gordon. That's that's I was, I thought that was first. a close second, but... I, don't I thought know, I Flash just, was going to come in too. Yeah, it, it was a close second, but I just always loved the music and Highlander. Just the um, what the We Are the King or Kings we or whatever. Are immortal. Yeah, or something. Yeah, never seen something it. to that effect. You've never seen Highlander. No. I get shit for oh, Daily wow. Bugle, and you've never seen Highlander. <laughs> uh, I've never seen there Highlander. There can be only one. This Thank you. A, Thank this you. isn't a Highlander <laughs> podcast. It's a comics podcast. It is now, goddammit. <laughs> Read some fucking Spider-Man, Randy. <laughs> Darren's got to do his best. Uh, Sean Connery acting as a uh, Spaniard. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, n- mm. No, I'm not. I'm not I, I can't do a Sean Connery. I'm sounding like, confident. I'm not. Actually, I can't. I can't do the, the Highlander, Sean Connery. I can do the Hunt for Red October, Sean Connery, and that's the today we sail into history. That's my best Sean. Nice, Connery. better than I could freaking do. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> where did Darren go? <laughs> when did Sean? Uh, uh, Sean, we were talking to Darren. <laughs> you to put him back on. Yeah, Aaron there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Highlander. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, well, Darren, what about your pick? Favorite uh, soundtrack? You know, uh, very interesting that, that uh, we're on this topic. I was grabbing today, looking at it, and the, one of the first movies, I'm an 80s movie buff. I grew up uh, watching and memorizing a lot of films of the 80s, um, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, all that fun stuff. But it really wasn't until I saw the movie Back to the Future, mm. 85, and, you know, Huey Lewis in the news. So I'd seen that movie, I think, 85 times before I stopped counting. And it's <laughs> always, I, I, I love the movie so much, I wanted a DeLorean. As a kid, I wanted a DeLorean. So I had one. I was going to figure out how to put a flex capacitor in the back of it. Now I was going to go travel through time and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, it's just... That that Huey Lewis in the news really made that uh, a, a movie. The song "The Power of Love" yes. was pretty awesome, and then obviously "Back in Time" um, was one of the one of the bigger ones as well. And it was just interesting looking, uh, doing the research on this before I picked it, and uh, you know, seeing the songs, seeing the years, uh, how big these songs were. I mean, I didn't know that it became, uh, you know, it was a Billboard Hot 100 for Huey Lewis and the News, their second one. But the first number one single on the on the U.S. Billboard was Hot 100, really? yeah, and then uh, and then it spent 19 weeks on the Billboard 200, peaking at number 12. So that and movie then, uh, really launched Huey Lewis in the news and like, I mean, yeah, I think it was definitely a lot of MTV because MTV had just come out. Okay, and, you know they they I remember the Huey Lewis in the news videos. Um, they were they were cool. I mean, they were 80s. <laughs> 
What else can you say? Yeah, they're fun and cutting up in the videos. Too. I always I loved that. Huey Lewis yeah. in the news. He had some good stuff. He yeah. was just it was fun to listen to. I'm really upset that Back in Time wasn't bigger than The Power of Love because I like that song so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because yeah. I heard Power of Love so many times, but it makes sense that it was so popular and on the charts for so long. Because does anybody ever hear I Need a New Drug and uh, think Ghostbusters? Because I never yes. did until I heard yeah. you know about the. The, the lawsuit or the legal dispute, you know, over that and Ray Parker Jr.'s version. What? But, yeah. You didn't know that? No, I had no idea. You know they're yeah, good they songs. Oh, go um, ahead, Darren. Oh, I gotta say, yeah, they ended up suing them and winning in court. It just came up recently. Some Someone, someone was just talking to me about that within the last few months. Uh, it popped up somewhere. Very interesting. But yeah, the, uh, I never even made the connection as a kid. I, no, no me neither. Not even. And never. that's my point, I guess, saying that. Is, you know, as much as I love the Ghostbusters, I'm like, how did I not hear that? And I guess when you go back, you know, when you have that that part of your ear turned on when you're listening for it, yeah, okay, I can see that. I mean, know. Under Pressure and Ice Ice Baby, that was a dead giveaway. Yeah. And yeah. Also lawsuit, too. <laughs> but no, not Ghostbusters and... I want a new drug. Yeah. Oh, Vanilla on the Ice's argument for that bullshit was, was so, so funny. Stupid, Actually, yeah. it was so funny. I'm going to see if I can find it on YouTube and cut it in here. But if it just cuts straight on with our conversation, I couldn't find it. But I'm pretty sure it's out well, there. The original was what he said was theirs went done, 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 done. And mine went done, 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 yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. So and people just yeah. sat there staring like, what? <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're side-trailing, but it, it, it's about that time of the year I start playing my, all my Universal Halloween, Halloween movies. I thought you were going to say this is the time of year I start listening to Vanilla Ice. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> hey, don't judge my Halloween costume, damn it. Um, so, so this track for The Wolfman, the original like um, music for The Wolfman, if you uh-huh. listen to it, it sounds almost note-for-note note identical to Danny Elfman's score for Batman, the 19. Uh, really? Yeah. It's funny, um, somebody, it was a podcast, I don't remember where I heard it, but somebody, or no, maybe it was Ron Wasserman, uh, the guy who did the Power Ranger music, we had him on a long time ago, and we were talking about uh, our, some of our favorite TV theme songs, and I brought up Inspector Gadget, you know, everyone mm, knows yes. how much I love that, da 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 Inspector yeah. Gadget, bump. and he goes, you know, that is just simply... Uh, the remake of a, an old song that everybody's heard, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, bum 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 bum. Yeah. It's like typically used around Halloween. Do you do you know the song like I'm talking? Call of the Mountain King. It might be actually something like that. Okay, but essentially, Inspector Gadget was ripped off from that. So I mean, it's <laughs> it's no wonder it's so awesome, right? <laughs> that was crazy to hear that when he was talking about that. Yeah, it was definitely was. Well, um, one, one other interesting fact about the Back to the Future soundtrack, I don't know if you knew this or not, but when Marty McFly is auditioning in high school and his band is playing, they're playing like the rock version of The Power of Love, and it's actually Huey Lewis who actually stands up at the megaphone and says, I'm sorry, guys, this oh. is just too darn loud. And that was actually <laughs> yeah, Huey yeah. Lewis you know, playing his own song, The Power of Love. Um, I always thought that was a kick. You know, a little cameo. He was, I mean, he wasn't playing Huey Lewis, but he was playing like the, the school teacher or the judge of the, the rock band competition. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. I know, I know what you're seeing you're talking about now. Yeah, I never realized that. I would have loved to have seen him in concert, but uh, in the last few years he had to retire because he was mm-hmm. losing his hearing almost completely. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I heard. 
That's too bad. I mean, I had seen him do some stuff like on Jimmy Kimmel or on mm. YouTube, like in the in his uh, you know few years before he called it quits, and it already seemed like his voice had taken a pretty hard hit. Like a mm-hmm. lot of those songs were dropped uh, much He's lower. Key. Yeah, don't need money, don't need fame, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, still, I love Huey Lewis in the news. Sorry, don't mean to uh, sit here and uh, stroke him. Let's move on with the conversation. <laughs> Uh, Jack, what you got? I have from Tron Legacy. Daft Punk do uh, know how to make good mechanical music for the computer world. Yes, they I've do. I've never listened to Daft Punk. Which? It's pretty much the whole sound. All the music in Tron Legacy is all Daft Punk. Is it? That was such yes. a good movie. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the theater watching, and I was like, is this, this, I wonder if this is Daft Punk. And then, like, the first part of the credits, it was like, music by Daft Punk. I was like, yes! <laughs> Good job, well, Jack. Yeah, Pat himself on the back. <laughs> being, being the huge Tron head that I am, that was one of my number one movies growing up. Um, watching Legacy, I don't know if you knew, when they were in the bar, not, Daft Punk is actually in the bar playing as the DJs in the bar with their helmets on. Did they have their helmet? I, I vaguely remember, yeah. but I don't... I... It was just like a quick scene where like the, the guy goes... Maestro, change up the music or something. And it's actually Daft Punk plays a cameo in the movie Tron Legacy. That's nice. Wow. Yeah, that was a really great soundtrack. Um, You know, about that movie, though, after seeing The Matrix in 99, and then it was so long, uh, we're talking 2010, so 10 years later, roughly, I thought there would have been been more Matrix-esque. Does that make sense? Because you're in this virtual world, this AI world, kind of like the Matrix. So that's what Tron was. He gets sucked in by a laser beam into a, the grid. Right. And now he's on the grid. And that, that grid was kind of, I don't know. I just very I, empty. I did a little bit more. Yeah, I just expected more out of that movie. Um, you know, more or more robust after seeing the Matrix. Like, mm-hmm. that was great. But they're, they're supposed to be making, are they making a part three? I, I've heard that I heard they are. I heard it was are. a reboot, wasn't it? What? Yeah. Oh. Jared Leto's supposed to be in it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, the only time part that I was like, all right. Every time I get excited about the uh, Morbius trailer, you know, it always kind of kicks me in the balls a little bit to see his face pop up. It might surprise you for that, though. It's such Morbius was just such a weird pick for them to go with. Mm -hmm. Of all the of all the license they have. Why Morbius? I mean, I'm sure it'll be cool. I like Morbius, but at the same time, I don't know. I'll quit complaining. <laughs> um, let's see. One of my picks is going to have to be one of the best soundtracks of all time. It's been out since uh, the early 90s. And uh, I found this to be the definitive uh, road trip soundtrack, the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> it has got oh, to be yeah. my all-time favorite. It never gets old. It has, like, green jelly on it, like mm-hmm. Pete Drodge. Ah. Uh, What's that? Oh, Green Jelly. I just remember they did the uh, Little Pig, Little Pig. Yeah. Yes. yes. That was yes. one of those. That was a, remember that video. That was fun. By the hair of my Jenny Jenny. My Jenny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this one, it's uh, the bear went over the mountain yeah. to see what he could see. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, man, it's so good from front to back. Uh, and obviously, you know, it does sound 90s, but I am hard pressed to find a soundtrack that has ever topped that one for me. I know the first time... When when did we do the first Cincinnati com- Comic Expo? That was probably 2000... 
16. Oh, shit. It was before that. Was it? It was uh, 13. Maybe 15. 14, 15. 15, I think. When we got in the car and jumped in and you're like, all right, listen to this. And it was like one of the first songs from the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. It was like, hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) We driving. This is what we listening to. (laughs) And I was commended for my pick. Yeah. Uh, but if you haven't checked it out, listen to it. Now, when the second movie came out, and I'm not talking about Dumb and Dumberer, that stupid one with the uh, younger guys. In yeah. it. That, the really short bus. Yeah. yeah, that was so stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, I know they're supposed to be stupid, but not. it wasn't stupid in a good way. Um, but Dumb and Dumber 2, uh, the soundtrack, it had some, you know, okay stuff on there. But, you know, it was not like a front-to-back album experience like mm-hmm. this one is. It's so good. So can't recommend that one enough. And that brings us back to Randall. So a few weeks ago, we had uh, Bill Foster on. We were Mm. talking uh, Western movies. And that kind of got me on a little bit of a Western kick. So I watched Young Guns with Mm. Emilio Estevez. Mm. And I forgot how Uh. kick-ass that... that soundtrack was with Bon Jovi doing the theme song. I think Mm. they did a couple other songs. that's right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was... Yeah. uh, Never seen the movie, though. I haven't either. It's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's a great pick, Randy. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about, but great pick. I've um, heard it was good. No, it, but I mean, it's just a kind of a, a testament of the time. Bon Jovi doing the soundtrack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's fair. Did they do the whole thing, or did they uh I don't remember if they did a, a couple songs. Uh, they did the I think it was song. a hit song. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, Bon Jovi does play a small part in that movie as well. Uh, you're talking about Young Guns too. Yes, yes I'm sorry. There, and he was he was they were when they were in the pit in the town and he's one of the guys that comes calling out of the pit and gets shot and falls back into the pit. Bon Jovi Right. Does. Right. So is that movie kind, kind of, of like a, a Knight's Tale where it's a period piece with current rock music in it? Uh, <laughs> no, cuz oh. oh, go ahead, Derek. I was going to say no, it just I I think they just the the score Obviously, you you know in the background you'd hear the Bon Jovi score, but they didn't use. What, did they play the song in the movie? I think they played think. it. I think they did like a version of it that sounded more kind of like with Robin Hood with everything they do. Yeah, for you. Where I was just Brian. thinking that. Get out of my head. <laughs> oh my god! I was yeah. just thinking of how to bring that up, and you <laughs> brought it up. I was like, man, because what a perfect example. Yeah, perfect example. But I think they played that at the end, Darren, if I remember right, like Definitely. when the credits were rolling. Credits rolled. Yeah, absolutely. When the credits rolled, that was absolutely there. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's another top favorite series of mine. Get the brat packs together and put them in a mm-hmm. western. All right. Yeah. It, <laughs> at, least, at least Darren's got my back here. It's like we haven't seen that. <laughs> I know who's in it. And everything. I just never watched. It. Was he on the Daily Bugle, Randy? No. Get out. <laughs> Again, you brought it up. You brought I'm it so up. So scorned, I can't let it go. I'm going to keep kicking you in the nuts when you bring it up. Okay, that brings us over to Darren. Well, this is interesting that you mentioned Young Guns because my second selection is another movie from 1986 that features Emilio Estevez. And it was the movie called Maximum Overdrive, where ACDC did the entire soundtrack for the movie, basically. And it was pretty much everything off their Who Made Who album. Oh, yeah. Amazing album. And I mean, they used, for those who are about to rock, Hell's Bells, Shook Me All Night Long, Ride of the Valkyrie, Who Made Who, DT. I mean, just looking at it, I just remembered that being such an icon, like 
He never had a movie where ACDC did the whole soundtrack of yeah. the movie one. You know, two, it kind of fit with the whole theme of the movie. You know, especially the, the title track, Who Made Who, where you have this this comet that's come by. Basically, these aliens, if you don't know the movie, haven't seen it, um, these, all the machines get possessed and they start killing humans, basically. And so, you know, this whole theme of like, who made who? We made the machine. They're supposed to be working for us, not the other way around. And um, it's just a very interesting 80s movie. Is that the um, one that has the, the semi with the green goblin head on the front? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That, that is it. I was so yeah. disappointed when I saw that movie because it wasn't, I, I thought it was going to be scary. But it was <laughs> not <Stephen> scary. <laughs> there was nothing scary. Yeah, because it was a Stephen King movie. So automatically you think, well, this would be a scary movie. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and today, I guess, uh, I, I was just, like I said, doing some research on it. And it was based off of a short story called, by Stephen King called Trucks and how the trucks became possessed, but then they made it into maximum overdrive, kind of added in the more the flair of it, aliens and all that fun stuff. And yeah, but I thought it was awesome to see one band, especially ACDC being that iconic rock loud sound band. Oh, hell yeah. You know, doing that, doing that kind of, doing that soundtrack. That was pretty awesome. Darren, do you have kids at all? I do not. Okay. Sorry, I've got a uh, I've got a nine year old, and he was all about the movie a few month a few years ago called Planes, Fire, and Rescue. It was done by the same in the same universe. They did like all the Cars movies, but yeah. the like a move a song that played prevalent in that was Thunderstruck by ACDC. So oh, literally, man. I'd be jamming out to it, and he'd be like, "Dad, that's the plane song." I'm like, "No, son, that's ACDC." <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Didn't uh, ACDC also do the soundtrack for Iron Man 2? Because they like uh, their title track was like War Machine on there. I thought they did the whole soundtrack. I, maybe just there was like a lot of recycled songs. But maybe. I'm pretty sure. I've got to look that up now because I think I own it. I'm already ahead of you. AC. <laughs> um, no, ACDC's album was announced on January 26th. And is seen being used in the same sense as Who Made Who was for Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Um, Favreau's vision and passion for ACDC's, ACDC's music blends seamlessly into this incredible film. Music really underscores high energy excitement. This is all Wikipedia. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know the internet's a wonderful place, right? So, yeah, I mean, it looks like Shoot the Thrill, Rock and Roll Damnation, Guns for Hire. Razor's Edge, Highway to Hell. Greatest hits on a suicide movie. Which is funny because, you know, ACDC is one of those bands that said we'll never do a Greatest Hits album, and essentially they have. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's important songs missing on there if it were to be considered as such, but at the same time, it's a good collection of songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to have to listen My my brothers were into rock music and into ACDC and all that. I went more towards hip-hop and rap. I was more in like the pop, disco stuff of the 80s, and they were into the rock stuff. And then I transferred to getting into rap music, but just still the impression that ACDC had is that big stadium rock, you know, type of attitude. You know, it's yeah. like a metallic of sorts. Just, it was pretty awesome. So I did not know they did the whole soundtrack for uh, Iron Man 2. Soundtrack album by ACDC right there for that face. I think essentially they just did the War Machine song for the movie, and like, yeah, then the rest are just. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong about that, but it looks to be the case. But 
You know, and they they had to do it. They had to do ACDC had to do War Machine to Black Sabbath Iron Man, oh, yeah. right? They mm. couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, very good, uh, very good pick, very good pick. Uh, and that brings us to Jack. Yep. Top Gun. Okay. <laughs> <sound. laughs> Not only that, but there's a couple other Kenny Loggins songs in there. Okay. All right. And the 80s yep. song by Berlin, Take My Breath Away. Oh, yes. <laughs> I forgot about that was, song. Other than Danger, Danger Zone. And, playing uh, with the boys when they're out and playing volleyball. And volleyball Yeah. <laughs> I just think I saw that scene reenacted about a month ago here. In <laughs> I'm going to I swear, to all these guys, were they, they couldn't, it had to be the university to watch the men's volleyball team. There was probably 50, 60 people all hanging out for a birthday party. And I think out of, there were 30 guys there two of them were under six foot four. Good wow. God. It was, I, I just, I looked over and I'm like, is this the scene for freaking Top Gun or what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget Unchained Melody was in that movie too. Unchained Melody, yeah. Uh, really quick, Darren, I hate to break conversation, but I'm a little concerned. I heard sirens in the background. Are you all right, sir? Yeah, I didn't realize uh-oh, it was probably uh-oh. there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, 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 was, it was going northbound, so... Okay. It's not going to the hospitals. That, that's a good thing. You know, living on the street corner that I live on called Third and Pine, but I have gone and renamed it Third and Crime. <laughs> dot, and I have a website for it where I actually have cameras up 24-7 um, that, that can shoot down and watch all the action that happens. Down oh, below. wow. You got it live streamed constantly? Yeah, I got it live streamed constantly when I, when there's something up and running. Holy um, shit. And this is called Third yeah. and Crime? Like what? what I call it Third and Crime. Yeah. .com or thirdandcrime.org thirdandcrime.org and uh yeah it's when there's action that's when I go live now if there's no action then I I mean you're just watching buses drive up and down the street <laughs> but you never know what could happen on this street corner um you know the last major incident that happened was uh two guys were running down the street shooting guns and ended up shooting seven people oh my god and uh we had left my house it happened right down below. Like if I look right down below where I live, I'm on, on the sixth floor of the corner unit looking down. If we left and it happened 11 minutes after we had walked out my front door and we would have been right in the middle of it. Ooh. And the background and that, that, that playing. Was way to the danger zone. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, I think that's what it should do. Except have a theme song on the back end of it. But Yeah. They can get a little crazy down here. You should put a soundtrack to uh, to the live stream when crazy shit does happen like that. Like, people oh. fighting out there. You're the best around. Benny Hill One day we had a guy and he was just dancing. I mean, actually not too bad dancing, but for the first half hour, um, I didn't have any music to it. Then I went to YouTube and pulled up a disco station. And oh, about twenty five thousand views later, people <laughs> nice. are still like, "What is this?" And the guy, you're sitting there wondering, "What is he dancing to?" Because he doesn't have any music; he has no headsets on. He's just out there just dancing, and people just got a kick out of it. I put this disco music in the back end of it, and uh, it just worked. And just dancing to life. Out, stay in life. Stay in life. <laughs> just dancing to the rhythm of life around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it sounds. It's- Terrific. 
Who would know but him? (laughs) He's the only one who's here. (laughs) I'm going to check that out. That sounds interesting as all hell. Thirdandcrime.org. Yeah, I'm going to be checking that out. Remember the time difference. Does it happen usually at night or any time during the day? Uh, Any time. Well, I'd say between 2 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time, there's probably not much happening. But it's typically around the 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock hour, maybe 9 to 10 o'clock hour. Well, that's right um, now. <laughs> yeah. Get the cameras. <clears throat> I forget what I was going to oh. ask. Damn it. Um, oh, is there, do you have, like, are, on the website, are there, like, uh, like a greatest hit reels of, like, the best <laughs> moments caught? Um, no. Unfortunately, you know, I, I started this website up right after that, that shooting had happened. And uh, put everything together. And what happened is, this is this is probably, I want to say January maybe this year. Um, and what they finally did, which is, I'm not part of the Neighborhood Watch, but something that was a suggestion that we knew always needed to happen was to put a 24-hour, 24-7 police presence down here. So after that shooting happened, they actually put a mobile precinct and officers down there 24-7 all day, you know. Wow. That, and it just... Really, yeah, the, the corner just went silent. Like when it just went, and then all of a sudden, you know, COVID hit, and then there was no more tourist traffic or anything coming down, and it just, it was just dead ghost town down here. Yeah. And yep. so I can tell though <laughs> things are starting to pick back up because you can, you can kind of see the act like there might be something happens, and there was two cop cars two, three weeks ago. Now there was six cop cars the next time. Next, there's nine cop cars and two aid cars. So it's the action is starting to pick back up. Now. <laughs> so, I got these cameras here shortly, and um, yeah, I've been on the evening news a number of times, talking with the press, and you know, <laughs> yeah, like what's up? Who are my Batman shirt? <laughs> hey, coppers, get out of here! I got a website to run. <laughs> yeah, you know, get down here, get, get, do some action. I'm not going to put think things into my own hands. I'm not <laughs> Wow, incredible, man. That is incredible. There, you know. One more time. Oh, I was going to say, my my name is Darren Bruce, so I guess I'm already halfway there. I got half the name Bruce Wayne, Bruce, Darren Bruce. You <laughs> <laughs> have to be Man Bat or something. Well, it actually is a Man Bat. <laughs> Guy Bat. No, 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 Darren. That would be funny, but um, yeah, interesting stuff. Check that Indeed. out. Indeed. My God. I, I definitely will be. We'll have to put a link up on that. I, I mean, if the cops get the hell out of Dodge and quit holding up the entertainment. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah. Get them out of here. Watch the guy dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe list off a few more soundtracks. Where were we even? I think it's your turn, isn't it? Is it my turn? Yeah, because yes. that was that was a... Man, we really fucked yeah, off your gun. pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah Top <laughs> Gun. Okay. Sorry. You're oh fine. no, that's the whole point of the retro. <laughs> that's what we do. The foxhole <laughs> makes the best convo. Um, boo, 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 boo. since there's only time for one more, Jack, you're gonna you're gonna feel this one. Uh, the movie was hot shit on a plate. It was horrible, but the soundtrack was awesome. The Queen of the Damned soundtrack. Oh, yeah. See, Darren knows. Everybody yeah. knows. Yes, well, there's one person that made that fucking phenomenal. Do tell. 
Chester Bennington. A lot of people made that phenomenal, well, but yeah, he was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, Marilyn Manson, Jonathan Davis, uh, Disturbed. Who else was on there? Wasn't uh, like Wayne Static was on there? Yes. So, yeah. Uh, there, and it was so cool because all the music. Uh, it was just like one nonstop song. It just kept kind of going, at least for the first half of the album. Mm-hmm. It just was a uh, it was an album experience made mm-hmm. by all these musicians. It was really cool. Um, but the movie, not so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah. I tried to like yeah. it because I wanted to like it. I, I wanted to love everything it was about. But I was like, man. But coming off the you know off interview with a vampire. They don't yeah, even feel that's right. Like, that's the second yeah. book, right? They don't feel yeah. even remotely no. close to one another, you know. Uh-huh. So. No, I was, I was, I was thoroughly disappointed with the movie, like you said. Uh, and being a huge, huge interview fan and and loving the character Lestat and Louis, Same. you know, um, just I was just like, what happened here? Uh, who did this? Because an interview I, with I, was it, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Darren. No, I was going to say, you know, I think Geffen was the one that produced the interview with the Vampire soundtrack. Uh, at least it was a Geffen film or something like that. I, I, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not I'm sure. Who can produce this? Oh, we got this wonderful thing called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> to the internet! Well, you're pulling that up. Wasn't the character that Tom Cruise played in Interview with the Vampire supposed to be the lead character in Queen of the Damned? Lestat? Yeah, Lestat. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Lestat. Yeah, and that was Lestat when he was going through his rock and roll phase. That's right. Okay. Uh, As vampires do. Startup. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if that movie so, would have um, been any better if Tom Cruise reprised his role. No. I mean, Tom Cruise is a great actor. I don't like Tom Cruise as a person necessarily, but his acting, you, you, he's great. I love watching Tom Cruise. Um, so I'm sure he would have done better than uh, miscellaneous actor number one that played Lestat in that movie did. Um, he just was far too overdramatic. I didn't care for it. but And uh, again, there was just not even a similar feel to it. They were two different characters. He in no way was the same Lestat uh, from well, no. such a long time in between the end of the first one and so. <laughs> well, not really because it was. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the eighties. Yeah, I had the first to rock. You know, like. <laughs> uh, nine, ninety-four to ninety-eight. It looks like, or when did this? No, two thousand two. Yeah, right, that so sounds right. Before. 2002, so, gosh. That's when the uh, corn wheel was starting to ramp down. Because Jonathan Davis... He was in it. Well, he made it, I thought. Like, he was a big part of the production of That's, that film. Yeah, he was... I know he had a... Didn't Jonathan he a bit part Davis. or something like that? He was on the street, like, handing out demos, <clears throat> like, when, uh, I think, Lestat was walking around, like, what's this world, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> my mind just keeps going to what we do in the shadows. <laughs> oh, my God. What a priceless show yeah. that is. But um, you know, Queen of the Damned is one of those movies that if you it's if you turn on and watch it like you're watching Bill and Ted or uh, anything that's fucking stupid, if you go in with the mindset this is going to be stupid, or Walker Texas Ranger, you go into it with that mindset this is going to be stupid. I just am going to go for the ride. I can see enjoying it that way. Mm. If you're if you're wanting something to laugh at, be fun with. But yeah, if you're sitting down like, hmm, entertain me. Is this an Oscar movie? No. <laughs> God, no. no. But the soundtrack, it's so funny. No matter how many times I talk about this soundtrack, either on or off the show, I never have people be like, "What's that?" And even no, people, I would think it. to be out of age range, like yourself, Randy. 
Um, I mean, <laughs> apparently, I was a sperm in the nineties. Eh? What, what year were you born? Eighty-seven. Okay. Okay. So it was so, 2002, bro. <laughs> okay, but still, you—I uh, guess you would have been the age. For some like, reason, I was thinking you were like a 92, was, 93, but that was Jake, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That was—I was deep in Lincoln Park at that time. Okay. So. Okay. So, but um, all the same, nobody ever is like, "What's that?" Even Darren's like, "Oh hell yeah, I love that." Movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. like dudes in Seattle, <laughs> like he's across the country. <laughs> the impact is there. It's there, but. Anyway, uh, any other quick soundtracks anybody want to mention before we moved on? I, I did have my third one pulled up. Let's do I it, Darren. This one's always, this is because this is from one of my top favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's the movie called Legend. Oh. Speaking of Tom Cruise again, um, you know this. What what the interesting thing is is that when the movie was released, they did the original score and released it over overseas. Mm-hmm. And it didn't do too well, so they came back, and within three weeks, they got the band Tangerine Dream to come back and do a whole new soundtrack for the U.S. release. And I just found this out today that up until 2002, you couldn't get the European version in the states. Like it was, you, there was two different versions, which is so funny because when I would watch this movie on TMT, um, and they'd play it like late at night. I was watching this movie, and I go, wait a second, that's not the scene that was in there. I had this on VHS as a kid, and I'm like, "Okay, wait, well, there's two different versions of this movie. The soundtrack's different. There was added scenes mm-hmm. into it. Uh, it kind of made it just a, a completely different feel. Um, but the two songs out of there was um, Love by the Sun was, was one, of the, one of the songs that Tangerine Dream did, and uh, Is Your Love Strong Enough? I think that's it, Love Strong Enough. Such, um, such a good movie. Yeah, Is Your Love Strong Enough by Brian Ferry. And I actually have this on, I actually have that on vinyl. It was at a friend of mine's house, a wow. DJ friend of mine's house, and he used to run a record store. And I saw this at his house one day. I go, You're never going to mix this into a DJ set. Can I take this home? And there's this beautiful picture on the back cover of, of Tim Curry oh, yes. um, dressed as darkness. I mean, if you pull it up on, on Wikipedia, you, you'll see the front cover of the album. And then there's, there's a turn it over, and there's this, this beautiful. Uh, it's like I, I mean, it's like you got darkness to come out and say, "Hey, can I do a photo shoot with you?" He's like, "You're only going to get one picture, and you got that <laughs> one picture, you know, and, and you got it." So I just thought that was an interesting, uh, you know, something I grew up with. It wasn't really widely received after you know Tom Cruise coming off a risky business and all that that hype. And he had played in the movie, what was it, the, the, the military movie, Taps, I believe, as well. Um, but then came into this fantasy movie that didn't do too well, but has now become a cult classic. You know, um, that people really look to when you go to that, those fantasy films from the 80s. And it was directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah, it's an amazing yeah. film. Just, oh, wow. I mean, just the, the cinematography and the set design on it alone was just amazing. But the Tangerine Dream made it move a little bit. The rendition of the music made it move just a little bit faster. And what more what U.S. audiences would expect to see in a, in a action fantasy film and this is you know coming around the same time as labyrinth and dark crystal right you know, I mean, you got bowie with labyrinth you know and that was pretty awesome but yeah legend i want to throw that one in there that yeah that's a, a cool one. amazing that movie sense. to end on i i need to uh, watch that one i still haven't seen i've that got one. the blu-ray at home do you randy's blu-ray yeah <laughs> i took it just not gonna watch <laughs> you still have that yeah i was wondering where that went every time i say every time i turn on the playstation i see it's like the second thing on there i'm like oh legend i thought i lost that okay. every once in a while i accidentally click it i'm like no i don't want to watch a movie i want to play games <laughs> we'll give it to freaking jeremy all right 
Yeah, I, I started watching movies, actually. That's yeah. how I saw Jaws. Yeah. Right? Hey. That's how I love Jaws now. Um, uh, actually, can, do I have more time for one more? Can I throw one more out, guys? Go for it. Um, I said I had a video game pick, and I just realized that I didn't oh, say yeah. it. Oh, yeah. So I have to say it now. Um, there's a website out there uh, that I've talked about in the past, uh, overclockedremix.com. I think it just might be ocremix.com. But it's a website that you can go to um, which are album compilations uh, put together by fans and stuff of uh, like uh, the Mega Man soundtrack, right. okay. mm. for example, done by different artists. Then they put a second one out of the Mega Man soundtrack, but all done. It was the same album, just acoustically. Okay. Then they took like the Mario 64 soundtrack, had a bunch of artists do all the, the music from they that. They redo the music. It's not just the 8-bit no, they right. redo yeah. it, so it's like full band, like yeah. balls to the wall renditions. And the greatest thing about it, it's all free. You just have to go to the website and download it. It's all just given away. I don't think they're allowed to charge for it just because of the copywritten nature right. of it. But um, you know, that's our gain, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, there's one on there that I listen to all the time. Uh, obviously, I'm a big TMNT fan. And they have a two-disc compilation on there called uh, Shell Shocked, where they took all the music from the games and uh, just a bunch of, like, shredding, like, 80s-sounding and heavy nice. metal mm. artists do the whole soundtrack from front to back. Like, when Shredder Sweet. comes out, oh, my God, it's just <laughs> electric guitars in your ears and up your ass. It's awesome. <laughs> I can't recommend it enough. And, again, it's free. And... um you know, since we're talking soundtracks really quick and Turtles, one more I got to throw out there, 9.95 by Spunkadelic from the first movie. Love it. Love There's it. only a couple of songs on that that are worth... Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But that is definitely one of them. That and... Um, Turtle Power. That one's okay. Turtle Power. And the uh, MC Hammer, like, this is what we do! Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't! You know? <laughs> uh, but all the other ones are, you know, yeah, very... Yep. Spin that wheel. Dun, 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 dun. Remember that one? Yeah. All right. I'm going to quit trying to uh, sing here and just move the conversation right along over to Darren, who I want to thank again for being here. I hope you're having a good time thus far. I know I am. Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. And good. So I, I'm excited to hear about uh, this show, the DJ Sessions. Um, based on what I was seeing on the website, looks like a collection of videos of like live performances uh, which you can also listen to as a podcast. And again, the tagline was saying, uh, you know, this is a, again, downloadable and online series featuring, you know, live mixes and interviews with the hottest DJs around the world. I mean, that's kind of the nutshell version. But can you uh, really tell the listeners about the DJ Sessions? Yeah, the DJ Sessions is a series that I started 10 years ago <laughs> in my living room with my friends. Um, I was bouncing the idea around and, and I... I've been going to nightclubs my whole life, and I'm a video guy, video producer. Uh, you know, started in public access in 1992, worked my way up in exec shows to Fox and NBC, got into podcasting in 2005 when I was working for Apple, and uh, in 2009 I was at a Winter Music Conference, and a guy started talking to me about wanting to live stream his DJ sets, and I had looked into doing live streaming or just even online video distribution through podcasting. Uh, and the cost was just, it was like going to be like three, $4,000 a month just to get our Jesus. servers and everything set up. And I was running internet radio stations out of my, out of a server in my, in my bedroom, out of my house, like seven or eight internet radio stations. I take local artists and put them on. And, um, so I went in and started playing around with this, this, these two, uh, companies 
Ustream and Livestream just to see which one worked better. Cause I'm a Mac guy and everyone was built for PC. So I'm like, yeah, sure. They're just gonna give away live streaming for free. How are they making their money back on all of this? Long story short, set the way forward clock to September of 2009. And I've been bouncing this around with a lot of my nightclub promoter friends, a lot of their DJs. And this was really just gonna be a local show uh, featuring DJs, interviewing the DJs, kind of giving them a spotlight. Cause when I would go out to the nightclubs, you leave, you go out, you party at the nightclub, you come home, Maybe you go out to brunch the next day or talking in the midst of next week, you know, with your friends. You're like, oh, were you there on Friday night? Were you there on Saturday night? Did you hear that mix? That was awesome. Well, I always realized nobody ever had any cameras in the, in the nightclubs. <laughs> I mean, for various reasons. But, um, but you know, nobody was recording these shows. And, and let alone, if, if you recorded them, I mean, YouTube was there. Um, but it was, it was a medium. But, I mean, in order to do multi-cam shoots, and it's a lot of work bringing all this gear in. Trust me, I know. I, usually bring thirty dollars to $50,000 of gear with me sometimes when I do these nightclub shoots. And so, again, it was not also, it was also cost prohibitive because nobody was going to pay me what I was worth to go do this in a nightclub, which kind of gets by. I mean, they make money off the bar, but long story short, um, I just said, let's do this. My friend called me up one night and said, Darren, I'm coming over to your house. We're doing the DJ sessions. And you can actually see these episodes. Uh, we called them the Vino sessions. We were just so new. We didn't even have an idea because... He was into wine, wanted to come over and drink some wine, talk about wine and play some music. We did our first hour, and when I stood up and took the headsets off of my head, because we were in my living room, I felt like I was in an, I, I was immersed in that experience so much inside the headset that I felt like I was in a nightclub. I was Facebooking, I was talking to the camera, I'm rocking out with my buddy, and I took my headsets off and I go, it's completely quiet in my apartment, but I just felt like I was in a nightclub for that That's first gross. hour. And, and just having that feeling and be able to share that feeling and stream that feeling live online to the world and pushing it on social media, I was like, okay, great, let's go hour number two. Well, it turned out we were doing the shows on Tuesday because that's when he'd come over. And the girl I was dating at the time, she didn't have her daughters on, on Wednesday, so she'd come and hang out at my place. So I moved the shows to Wednesday, moved the show into my bedroom, which we called the new studio, and I started inviting Jays to come over and play in my live streaming studio, which is my bedroom. And, and this, this show started taking off. And um, as I mentioned earlier, I was at Winter Music Conference earlier that year in January, February, I, should, I think it's January is when it happens. And uh, I had got uh, in contact with a very high level PR person who had let me interview a number of A-list celebrity DJs when I was out there. Well, it turns out one of them was coming to town and you may or may not know him. I'm not sure how electronic music savvy you all are, but uh, he goes by the name of Dave Dresden. And he also is part of a duo called Gabriel and Dresden or Dresden and Gabriel. Oh, please guys don't murder me if that's wrong and backwards. Um, but anyway, <laughs> these, these guys are very world renowned DJs. I mean, like top of the game. Actually, they're blowing up all over Twitch right now. Big, big time. And uh, but anyways, uh, Dave Dresden was coming to Seattle. And I reached out to his PR person. I said, hey, he's coming to Seattle. Would he be able to do an interview and, uh, and do a set on uh, my show? And he was totally down for it. Came by, and that was my first ever A-list celebrity DJ that I had come and play. I mean, this guy makes songs for, for Madonna. Okay? This wow. ain't no joke. And so he's playing my bedroom. I'm sitting there going, okay, this, this, this can go big. And I thought, okay, we have all these nightclubs in town. They invite all these A-list celebrity DJs coming to town. But there's no press for this in our market. And so we kind of had the show and became a featured partner on both Ustream and Livestream. But Ustream is our more preferred 
platform to go on and just kind of kept going up and up from there. Uh, a year later, I ended up getting what's called the, the, now we call it the DJ Sessions Mobile Studio. We'll talk about that in a few minutes because we have a show. I now have like six or eight, about eight different shows underneath the DJ Sessions umbrella, where uh -huh. it's not just like the DJ Sessions anymore. We have the DJ Sessions rooftop session, late night sessions, silent disco sessions, cab sessions, state of the industry sessions, um, secret sessions. <laughs> uh, you can go down the list and see all these different kind of places we do. Um, different genres, you know, or, or uh, you know, even in on-location sessions. We go out to a nightclub and we're on location doing what we do. And 10 years later, we have over 1,800 episodes under our belt, a brand new website that we just finally launched as well. Actually, we launched it one year ago to the date, took it out of beta. It was supposed to take us six months to build. It took about... 18, 19 months to finish. Wow. Don't and rush it got perfection. It up to, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> Take it, the time. Had to work, it had to work the way that I wanted it to. And one of those, the biggest features was that when I update our podcast, because um, that's how we, we, we live stream, but then we use everything for our VOD as our podcasts, our RSS feed. And um, as we update the RSS feed, it automatically ingests it into our website. So it's all updated, it's all synchronized, and I don't have to do multiple uploads here and worry about server ban. Oh, uh, you don't know how many times GoDaddy's actually tried to kick me off their server plans for <laughs> doing, um, doing probably about 120 to 150 terabytes of data a month on a $15 a month account. Wow. That didn't fly too well with them. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, that, what happened in 18, funny enough, is both Ustream, well, Ustream got bought out by IBM. And they said, oh, your $10 a month account that you have with us, that's going bye-bye, so you're going to start paying us. And we calculated it at that point, that moment, it was going to be $1,500 a month, and we'd be growing at about $200 to $300 a month for eternity with the amount of content we were churning out. And I was like, okay, that's not going to happen. Buy Ustream. Uh, and then GoDaddy comes. It was a double whammy. GoDaddy comes and says, you can't do this. You're doing too much traffic on our servers. And I said, okay, now what do I do? So I went and found another hosting solution. And this is when I approached Twitch with our show and say, hey, Twitch, we're, uh, you know, we're feature partner here. Here's what our numbers are. And I didn't know much about the Twitch platform. I knew they'd come from Justin TV and then, and then Twitch bought them and then Amazon got involved mm -hmm. at, at that point and kind of made it what it was. And everyone, you'd go out in the world and say, oh, Twitch, isn't that for video game people? I said, yeah, it is a predominantly a video game site, but there's other people that do other things in real life and all this fun stuff. But I approached Twitch, their, their content manager, or one of them, and he goes, Darren, I love it. You're a featured partner. And at that time, I didn't know really what a featured partner with Twitch meant. Um, come to find out, at that time, I think they were claiming somewhere around two to three million streamers, like people that are actively streaming on Twitch, and they had only made 27,000 people featured partners. Oh, wow. wow. And so this is kind of like a high, kind of like an honor to be considered or recognized as a featured partner on Twitch. Um, a lot of people still haven't got wrapped their heads around it yet because of the whole industry of the nightlife world and DJ world. They all jumped online and my phone was blowing up off the hook in March, April, and May. But people ask me because they know I'm the guy who's been doing this for 10 years. And so, um, you know, you get some bonus and caveats being a featured partner with Twitch, but it's also kind of like they acknowledge you 
like you're one of the top people in the world doing this. And just yesterday, I had one of my DJs over at my house. He calls me up. And normally, I don't stream from my apartment anymore because I'm so over that. So not me. Everyone else streams from home. We want to be in our mobile truck. And we want to be out at the beach or we want to be on a rooftop <laughs> doing something really cool. Um, he goes and streamed yesterday. And in the first 30 minutes, we take the number five spot on Twitch Music. This wow. has beaten out some of the world's top celebrity DJs, people that have appeared on our show, and we're ranking higher than them. These are people that play events and festivals all over the around the world with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fans. So you know, we're just keeping our keeping us staying on the grind, staying focused, and making sure we're delivering great content, and and basically giving the primary focus of our show is to give that local DJ who may not have a large audience or a large online audience or doesn't even get to play at the clubs that much just because of the certain politics that are in the nightclub world itself, they can come over to our studio and say, Darren, I want to be on your show. I'll let them be on my show. I'll put them in front of you 10,000 people. And they're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. You know, and they don't have to worry about bringing the video gear, setting the video gear, internet streaming, editing posts, nothing. They bring a flash drive, pop it into the CDJ, play their songs, sometimes hour, two hours, and it's already in the can and done, ready to be distributed the moment they walk they walk away. So, very cool kind of ride. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. And, and um, you know, just the world of uh, DJing is, is, one, very foreign to me, but, two, at the same time, very intriguing. And especially what you were kind of saying uh at the top of, uh, you know, when you start talking about the DJ sessions, you know, about being at home and setting up that DJ experience that you were so immersed in that when you took your headphones off, you realized you were sitting in complete silence, having this amazing, loud uh, experience with all these people. It's just very cool. And I imagine uh, this is going to be hard to explain. Being a DJ in itself is just kind of always like that. I mean, I play music, but, um, you know, just like traditional kind of like rock band stuff so everything's very prepared and laid out ahead of time where listening to a dj or listening to some of these shows that, that you have out there it just seems like it's a very in the moment uh, organic on the whim type thing just how you're yeah. feeling right then and right there that makes the mix maybe i'm right maybe i'm wrong i hope i'm kind of right maybe it is sometimes maybe it isn't all the time i don't know but um it's just all around intriguing i find the whole world very intriguing well, one of the things that we've done, this is this is a huge increase to also, I, I'm also on the outside of all this stuff of doing the DJ sessions. I'm what people call a foodie. You go to my Facebook, you're probably going to see 50 to 60% of my pictures are, are a food that I make from home. And one of the things I love is going to an all-you-can-eat buffet, you know, where I can always like, oh, I want to get, okay, I want some snow crab. I want some, you know, lobster. I want this. I want steak. I want, you know, little bits of everything to put on my plate. Oh, yeah. Well, as long as it's in not the last crowd, two... then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the last two years, uh, we've been working with a technology that has allowed us to basically quadruple our video production. So at a typical setting of the, the DJ sessions, I would, I would set up the studio and we'd record for four hours. Well, now I can get up to 16 hours in the same four-hour period because of a technology we utilize called Silent Disco. Are you guys familiar with that? No. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Silent Disco, think of it like this. It's a pair of headsets that you can put on, and I have wireless transmitters. 
and the headsets can pick up that signal from about a thousand feet away from our stage and you can walk around dance do whatever you want but you can also change the channels so i can have four djs playing at the same time different genres of music and you could choose which one you want to listen to in the headsets and then you find you kind of gravitate with your friends and find people listening to the same thing and you're all interacting taking on the shared music experience but there's no amplified music it's all in the headsets mm. and so um, yeah that basically took us up for let's say i was if i was going to produce standard and i did four hours on saturday four hours on sunday and four hours on wednesday that's 12 hours a week um i could jump it up to uh 16 hours 30 i could jump it up to 36 hours a week content or 144 hours of content a month uh at an independent level uh, uh where we're at uh, not being financed by a major company or a major studio or backed by anyone like that yet um that's unheard of for content creation as at an independent level not only that i mean some of the things you can do with our silent disco headsets is you could be at, at our event with a silent disco headset on but then go to our page like your friend could be at home and they could be watching the live page with all four live streams going at the same time. So you could be at the event and say, I'm on the red channel right now. Check it out. Your friend at home jumps on the red channel. They're listening to the red channel. They're in the chat room. You can chat and interact. And then wow. your friend says, I'm going to jump down to the blue channel. So the friend starts listening to the blue channel and then hits you back on social media and goes, get over to the blue channel. There's fire going on right now. Dang. And then you're at the event and you click into the blue channel. And you get this whole round trip processing in a, social media physical round trip all sharing the same experience i mean literally you could sign the disco from your home with us if we're out on an event it's actually really cool no nobody's doing this i mean this is yeah hmm. I, I mean it's not not in this way well it costs a lot of money to stream when you're out on on site uh we have some other new technology we just got funded for and it allows us to stream live on site so I've always been one that tries to push the envelope when it comes to this tech, when it comes to these things. And it's just, it's been a wild ride. I mean, we were in line to get a bunch of sponsorships this year and it was going to be a lot of fun because then we'd actually have a budget for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we know that feeling, don't yeah, we, boys? Yeah. yeah, we do. So, um, freaking yeah. cool. What, a, what an awesome experience. You know, the example you just gave, the person who's out listening to it in the headphones, the person who's at home, you know, if they decided I've got to be there, you know, they essentially from where they're sitting on the couch in front of their TV to the front door of the club, you know, they could follow, never miss a beat the whole way there or anywhere they went, you know, you're just always there, whether you're there or not. It's, it's incredible. And you're really tapping in. That seems to something like you said that nobody's really doing. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of DJs jumped online and started streaming in March of this year. I mean, uh, I always use this number. As just it's, I put it this way as an arbitrary number, but it, it could be bigger, it could be smaller. But if there was 10 million DJs in the world in February, and I mean 10 million that were you know DJ and they were doing something, you know, even if they're just bedroom DJs, and let's say maybe a hundred thousand of them were doing something online, whether it's a podcast, whether they're playing around with live streaming, whatever it is. Once March came on board, all 10 million of those DJs jumped online. And oh, so it was sure. almost so oversaturated, I took a total backseat approach to figuring out our licensing, figuring out our storage, distribution, getting the team together. I mean, just a lot of stuff with back end of running all this, you know, takes. It's, it's just, I didn't just pick up a video camera and say, hey, let's go and film. 
no, this is a full on professional business uh, for me. And, um, you know, I kind of took a back seat in that because I just knew it was going to become so oversaturated. One of the things that, that I predict seeing happen is in, in um, when things kind of get back to whatever the normalcy of what, whatever it was before COVID, um, you know, people are going to start going back to work. They're going to start, once we can go outside, we can start physically doing things in a, in a kind of normal, normalcy outside. I'm saying there's going to probably be a 60 to 80% drop in content creation because people won't be at home. Mm-hmm. They'll want to be out of the house. They'll want to do things. But I'm also saying, I'm also thinking there may be a 60 to 80% drop in content consumption because people are not going to be at home for 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day right. with the internet and their, you know, their video viewing habits doing all that. And let alone if there's going to be a post-traumatic stress of just, you know, PTSD of like, I do not want to spend time in front of my computer anymore. I just did that for the last nine months. I want to go for a walk. I want to go to this beach. I want to go out here and see this live event. I want to congregate around people. And when you're congregating around people, yeah, we see it in the nightclubs all the time. And you've got people looking on their phones and they're doing their social media, but you're not consuming content necessarily when you're there at a nightclub, you know, or when you're at a concert, uh, you might be pulling out your phone to record the concert or take some pictures and stuff, but, um, you know, just people won't be as at home as much. So I think the ones, the people that, that keep their content creative, keep their content consistent, um, keep pushing forward and, and, uh, uh, you know, making it interesting for people to want to listen every, whatever their schedule is, whether it's once a day, once a week, once a month, you know, those, those people still stick around. You know, they were here, they weren't just jumping on the bandwagon to try to say, hey, everyone, look at me, because there's nowhere for me to be looked at right now, you know, um, with all the nightclubs and everything getting shut down. So um, we're still trudging ahead, and, you know, just to see the success of some of our Twitch numbers as of late, it's we're doing something right. We just got to figure out how to get really paid for it. <laughs> isn't that the constant struggle, isn't it, though? Yeah. It's really cool, yeah. though. I mean, you guys have seemed to put together the perfect amplifier using all your uh all the tools at your exp- uh dispense to make your dreams happen that's it's really cool it's really cool and it's, it's what an explode in popularity i can't imagine the excitement i mean our little milestones we get so like <laughs> over the top so i can't imagine to see it to, uh, you know be featured number four somewhere but it's 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 really amazing and i just uh congratulate you on all your success um where where can listeners find you guys on social media yeah, uh, well, we just send everyone to our website, thedjsessions.com, and all of our social links are right up there. you got our Facebook, our Insta. Probably going to be spending a lot more time on Instagram and Twitter moving forward, just a little FYI for the industry shifts. Uh, there's some things Facebook has been coming out with as of late that are kind of like, probably don't think this is the platform for us much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm still I on exactly Facebook a lot, but I'm kind of like, why did you guys just, well, I, I do know there's two caveats to why they did it. Most people don't know that, um, and maybe maybe people do, but the people I run into don't know this, that, that um, Microsoft had their streaming service, their gaming streaming service called Mixer, mm-hmm. and they actually shut it down and transferred it, and Facebook and Microsoft are now partnering with, to, to create Facebook gaming. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, I can see why Facebook is getting away from live video on Facebook itself, and they want to push it over to Facebook Gaming to come in and go after 
that Twitch market because Twitch, I think it's now 82 to 85% of all live streaming is done on Twitch wow. right now. And then Facebook and Mixer were such small percentages, um, you know, it's, it's, so it's just a huge powerhouse and they want a piece of that action. They want a piece of that game. But they have to say, hey, stop doing your live music and stuff on Facebook. Oh, but we got this other platform over here that we just bought from Microsoft. So I think that's where the forcing of it is is kind of going in that direction. It'll be interesting to see um, how that all plays out. But again, the one big thing that a lot of these content creators are running into is copyright violation. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's it's it's come to a point where if, if you're a, like even on Twitch, it literally says no under their community guidelines. It says under the music section, no DJ sets. Big, bold, black letters. No DJ set. Yep, every DJ in the world is streaming on Twitch right now. <laughs> and there's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, it could start to lead to some major potential lawsuits because it's not what a lot of these companies could get away with like using the music as a live broadcast. Unfortunately, it's, the 100% primary content of the show is the music DJs playing. It's not background music. Right. It's not something like I was walking down the street in Vegas and, you know, I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. Comes in the background when I'm walking down the street showing all my friends that I'm drinking a bunch of, you know, flaming Dr. Peppers while I'm getting blitzed in Vegas or something, you know? <laughs> and it's just some background noise, whereas that's kind of how they were getting around a lot of this. Uh, and what's called ephemeral use. And now they're finding out, it's like, wait a second, this isn't ephemeral use. This is the primary content of your video that you're purposely going in, curating these shots, making these shows. And if Facebook hosts that video, they're liable. Mm. Yeah. As, as, as the suit is one of the content distributors. And they say, and they think they gave, when they released Facebook Live, uh, it was somewhere, I gotta find the article, hope I'm not off on this number. But apparently they had given like a half billion dollars, $500 million to the RIAA. So they'd say, hey, we know this is going to happen. Here's half a billion dollars. Stay off our backs. Wow. Here's a bribe. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, basically. Yeah. You didn't see and, that. And now, <laughs> yeah, what's happened, I mean, where we thought the COVID thing was maybe going to be a month, two months, whatever down the road. You have all this content creation. I mean, Netflix, for crying out loud, has had to lower the bandwidth of their video quality because there's just so many people streaming right now. And even Facebook has put up, you know, you used to watch a video, you could watch the whole video. It stops you after like a minute and says, would you like to continue watching this video? They're doing that to curb bandwidth distribution. Wow. And, you know, you get these DJs mm. that get on there and they're playing one hour, two hour, three hour, four hour sets, and they're shooting that video, even if they're being capped at four megabits per second. Okay, but you take... Oh, a million, two million, five million. What's Facebook? Like 386 billion people or something like that. Um, you know, even if you took 10% of those people are streaming live at four megabits per second, you know, that's just at 1080p or something. You know, it's like, that's a lot of bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> if they're not getting commercial back on it, and, you know, they're not making money back on it. It's like, well, we're just <laughs> Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. The last, we were just getting ready to be featured on the front page of Twitch in February this year to do our whole relaunch. And they came back and they're like, do you have your licensing, Darren? And I'm like, 
<laughs> uh, uh, Maybe. Like, we, we can't. Look over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't put you to the front of the website if you don't have your licensing. Number one. Number two. If you, if here's the thing, it's great. You can go to the front page. You're all clear to do that. We can push you. But your other 450 episodes over here in our archive section, you didn't have the licensing for that either. Oh, and then the other 1,800 video or other 1,400 videos you have on your website, yeah, you probably didn't have licensing for that either. And they said it can open up a big can of worms. So I spent the last four or five months going through all of that and making sure that we were okay. Uh, because when we were running with Ustream, they basically put it under as an educational channel. And it was fair use. And that's what we were basing everything off of for eight years. But now it's they're going to start clamping down, and I'm going to hear the next great wailing. Oh, they're shutting me down. What's that right on their site? You can't use copyrighted material. You know you're not even supposed to do a karaoke song. You're not even supposed to sing a song on Twitch. Is that right? You can got down for it. If, I, if I wanted to sing, if I wanted to <laughs> It, well, that, that's songs that they actually license right, right. for use. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, hey, like, but if I went on and started singing We Will Rock You by Queen, it could be pulled for copyright violations. Even if I'm not even playing the music, but I'm just like, we will, we will. They can pull it for copyright violation. And you're going to start seeing this happen because they're not going to want to deal with the lawsuit. One of the nice things that Twitch does have, I'll try to wrap it up on this, is that Twitch, when you're a normal user, you're not an affiliate or a featured partner, your video will only stay on Twitch for 14 days. So by the time anyone were to send a cease and desist to Twitch, and if they drafted it, got it there, went through their legal department, they had time enough to respond, the video's already removed from the site already. Yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of another way that Twitch kind of plays the day. We're not hosting, they live here, but they're gone. And, and they do have the algorithms on the back end. Like the moment I put a video up, I mean, it'll be what we call red flag. And they put six in six six minute handles around a song, and that almost happens immediately. So Twitch has the algorithms. Like Facebook will do it to you live, saying you're using copyrighted music. You don't stop. We're shutting you down. Twitch is like, yep, keep doing it live, but on the back end, we're red flagging you. And Twitch issued a statement not too long ago that they're going all the way back to 2010, and they're starting to send notices to everyone saying, you got videos on here with copyrighted material. You have to remove them. You have to remove them. God. Yeah, it was kind of done under the back end because they're hosting that content and they got yeah, a CYA all the time. But <laughs> we, love Twitch. we love our partnership with them. You know, um, we've been in Apple iTunes for, for years as well. Love that. And just the whole podcasting back end. It just, it's an awesome medium because in broadcast television, I used to have to pay for my airtime, you know, and I've been even getting that airtime. I can air my shows at one thirty in the morning, you know, Whereas the podcast, I can put an episode up and anyone from around the world can watch it automatically download it to their mobile device and take them to go. And now we're live streaming, chat and have an interactive experience with this. Or if they missed it, subscribe to our podcast and you're going to get the episode downloaded right to your computer. There That's it. it. All ground covered. Mm-hmm. We could take a page out of the book of the DJ. Yeah, session. I think so. <laughs> but uh, that's very cool. And um, I know you just said a little bit ago that uh, this isn't background music, but the music you've been hearing in the background <laughs> is music from the podcast. So if you've been paying attention, you can check that out. And we're also going to have links uh, to the DJ sessions.com as well as your social media and thirdandcrime.org. Uh, you know, like how exciting that is. All these things. 
uh, yeah, we're going to be pushing to our listeners. So, Darren, man, I want to thank you so much for being here and uh, taking time to talk with us, man. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. That was awesome. I think I'm going to watch those three movies right now. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the Future, Maximum Overdrive, and Legend. There you go. Wow, that's a (laughs) well-rounded night right there. Very good, very good. Well, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, list of the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter again at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And if you, uh, you know, thought about being a patron, maybe don't have the money to do so, you can still support the show by going to iTunes leaving us a review you prefer the five star ones but if you feel like you need to be honest well then just be honest but at any rate we want those reviews they help us out so much more than you uh realize we're not just doing it to fluff ourselves pump Mm -hmm. up our ego no this this helps us out on apple and itunes as i'm sure darren knows so uh yeah that's that would be a really great an itunes review gentlemen what am i forgetting if you need professional representation Mm -hmm. check out our boy steve joiner and uh, if you don't have anything going on Tuesday nights at 9, check us out on our Facebook page and uh, listen to Jack and I play some trivia, play along, win some stuff. There it is. 9 p.m. Eastern time. Yes. Lots of goodies. Very good. This has been a good episode. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why I rubbed up like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to some DJ music. <laughs> Actually, I think hmm. you should. I think I want to end this one with a little ACDC, though. Uh, Darren talking about who made who earlier really <laughs> got me excited. So how about we go out on a little who made who? Agree? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Darren? All right. Hot yeah. Diggity dog. Well, with that, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. This is Darren Bruce. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And always remember to be excellent to each other.
Joey, why don't you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall? But I don't wanna. What are you, chicken? Hold on there, boys. Wow, it's Flint. Instead of writing your name, write CandairPodcast.com and help spread the word. Well, that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! (laughs) That was fun. This has been a Canned Air production. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.